0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. While we are starting the journey of the Holy Great Fast, the Church pays special attention to our relationship with one another, because this fast should be a time for reconciliation. Reconciliation between us and God in repentance, and reconciliation between the person and himself in peace and reconciliation between the person and others around him so the gospel of today was taken from chapter 5 from gospel of St. Matthew which is the sermon on the mountain and the first observation about this gospel the Lord said you have heard that it was said but I tell you. So, you have heard what was said, it was in the Old Testament, the commandment of God. But why God actually is taking us into another level, a higher level in commandments? There are two reasons for the Lord Jesus Christ is taking us from the level of the Old Testament into a higher level, the level of the New Testament. The first reason that in the Old Testament, all the struggle was based on the person's will, your effort. As we read in John chapter 1, the law was given by Moses, but the grace and truth by Jesus Christ. So when the Lord told me, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not murder, don't bear false witness, All these commandments based on my effort, not on the grace of God, because grace was not given yet. But in the new covenant, the grace was given to us to help us to keep the commandment. In the Old Testament, for 5,000 years, people were trying to keep the commandment, but they failed because our will is weak and we are as human beings weak and we cannot keep the commandment of God, except through His grace as He th- said, without me, you cannot achieve anything so, in the new co- covenant, God came and gave us grace and the grace actually empowered me to keep the commandment the grace also rebukes me if I break one of commandment and motivate me to offer repentance The grace as well, when I break the commandment and ask forgiveness, will forgive my sins through the Eucharist. That's why the Lord took us to a higher level. You have heard that it was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So this commandment was limiting the evil of the people. For example, if one person block out an eye of another person, maybe the other person would kill him. So the Lord told him, no, no, don't kill him, just make it an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. And this was not given for the people actually, it was given for the judges. That's how the judge, if a person blocked out an eye, then an eye will be blocked from him. So it's not just for any person to avenge himself. But in the new covenant, because now we have the grace, God take us to a higher level, don't resist an evil person because if you resist an evil person, you will be like him but as the Lord said, be perfect as your father who is in heaven is perfect but how can I differentiate if one, as the Lord said whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him how can I differentiate whether I am accepting this slap because of weakness or because of strength. Actually, if weakness, I will take this one slab and just be silent because I cannot do anything else. But if I turn the other cheek, this means it is my strength, my power. Not anyone actually can do this. It takes strength and takes power to turn the other cheek. That's why Satan actually is afraid from these powerful people who through the grace of God are able to turn the other cheek. There is a story in the paradise of the desert fathers. They brought a man possessed with demons to a monk in order to cast out the demons. So the demon was very frustrated to stand before this godly monk. So he made the man to slap the monk on his cheek, and the monk responded by turning the other cheek. So immediately Satan actually was left this person immediately because he couldn't endure the strength and the power and the humility of this monk. The message here is the ability to forgive. When somebody hurts me, we need to forgive. Yes. There is difference between forgiveness and reconciliation Usually we confuse forgiveness with reconciliation Forgiveness is letting go of the debt Reconciliation is to reconcile our relationships again Forgiveness is unconditional But reconciliation is conditional Let me give you an analogy to understand what I am saying If somebody took money from me I lent him some money, and he did not turn the money back and I tried to get my money back, he didn't if I still waiting for this money I am the one who is frustrated, I am one who is angry I am one who is holding grudges in my heart maybe he doesn't care, he took the money and he's living his life but if I decided to forgive him, I will have peace so forgiveness actually is a favor I do to myself not to the other person. That's forgiveness. Forgiveness means I let go of the debt. I'm not expecting anything back. But reconciliation, should I lend him again money? No. That's why I said it is conditional. If he repents, then I can lend him money. Of course, I'm not speaking about money, but if somebody is, for example, abusive, verbally abusive, I will forgive him because this will give me peace. But to start dealing with him again, he should repent. Otherwise, I am enabling, encouraging wrong behavior. He should repent before we reconcile. So when the Lord said, don't resist an evil person in order not to be similar to him, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. The same principle the Lord repeated several times because he wants us to live in peace, and to have peace with others. So he told us, if anyone wants to sew you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. So again, it's the same idea. I'm not going to get into fight with another person, but I will let go in order to live in peace and to reconcile my relationship with the other. And giving him the cloak means I did not let go of the tunic out of weakness Because I am able to fight with him and get back my tunic But I am letting go of my tunic And also I give him willingly my cloak There is another story actually in the paradise of the monks While the monks were in the church praying A thief came and entered a cell of one of the monks and took whatever in this cell so after the church was over and the monk went back to his cell and he found that a thief took what was in his cell he left some few things in the cell so he took them and started looking for the thief and he found him so he told him you left these things maybe you needed them and he gave them the rest of the stuff Actually when the thief saw this He was pierced into his heart What the monk did was an act of power Act of strength Act of peace And this ended up by the thief repenting And he joined the monastery And became one of the monks That is the power of forgiveness That's the power of making peace with others And that's why the fathers called The second mile is the mile of love, mile of power, mile of strength As he said, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too So the second mile is the mile of power, mile of love If you asked me to do something, if I do it just as you told me Maybe because of weakness, because I cannot say no to you But if I did above and beyond your expectation then actually, it's the mile of love. And the mile of love can be applied in our relationship also with God. Some people in their relationship with God, they ask about the minimum requirement. What is the minimum requirement to take communion? What is the minimum requirement in fasting? What is the minimum requirement in prayer? How many prayers should I pray every day? Asking for the minimum requirement means you are doing this out of obligation But a person who loves God, he wants to go above and beyond He's not asking about how many times pray in the day He will say, like we read in the Old Testament, I am prayer, means all my life is prayer I'm not asking about the minimum requirement of fasting, should I fast only the 40 days Why should I fast 55 days? He's not asking about this. He wants actually to do whatever he can do in order, because he loves God. Can you imagine a person after his engagement asking his fiancée, what is the minimum requirement to keep our relationship going on? This is not an expression of love. It's expression of obligation. But a person who loves Goes to the second mile Goes above and beyond What is the expectation And the same way When the Lord said Give to him who asks you And from him who wants to borrow from you Don't turn away It's the same principle We should be like our heavenly fathers Who actually as That you may be sons of your father in heaven For he makes his son Rise on the evil And on the good and sins reign on the just and on the unjust and in our life we can see how many people who blaspheme against God or who do not believe in God and who actually curse God but in spite of this they are successful in their life because God loves all and deals with all according to His loving kindness He doesn't differentiate between here on earth between an evil person or A godly man. Yes, in the inheritance, in in the day of recompense, when he would give each one according to his deeds, it's another story because it's like a court. But here on earth, he let his son rise on the evil and on the good. Then the Lord spoke about another higher level in our relationship with, with each other. He told us, you heard, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy. bless those who curse you do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And these commandments seem very difficult. How can I love my enemy? The person who is planning to hurt me, how can I love him? A person who is gasping about me, He's bad-mouthing me. How can I love him? I want to explain something, not only for this commandment, but in any commandment. Any commandment, when we try to keep, there are two levels. The level of the mind and the level of the heart. I can try to keep the commandment on the level of the mind. But to change the heart, it is not mine. It is the grace of God. I cannot change my heart, so if we apply this principle to love your enemies love your enemies when I make a decision about loving my enemy on the level of the mind means I will do the works of love toward my enemy even if I don't feel it in my heart, as St. Paul explained in Romans chapter 12 if your enemy is hungry, give him food. If he's thirsty, give him drink. These are the works of love. Even if I don't feel it in my heart, I will do the works of love. Then actually, when God sees my faithfulness and my honesty in doing the works of love by my will, then God will change my heart. He will make my heart soft toward my enemy. As the Lord on the cross prayed for those who crucified him and said, Father, forgive their trespasses. And as St. Stephen, while he was stoned, he prayed and said, God, don't hold them accountable for this sin. So, this love appears in our actions of love. Forgiveness is an action of love When I decide, I choose to forgive This is an action of love That's why when we speak about forgiveness And we speak about love It is not an ability I cannot say it is in my ability, no It is actually a choice we make I choose to love this person I choose to forgive this person When I pray and ask God to help me, then God will grant me the grace in order to love others on the level of the mind and on the level of the heart. That's why the Lord told us, For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collector do the same? So why God is expecting from us a higher level than the tax collector? I told you for two reasons one reason actually as I explained is the grace the tax collector don't have the grace of God the non believer don't have the grace of God but we have the grace of God and the second reason people actually became more spiritually mature like the commandment you give to your child will be different than what you tell him when he's a youth different than what you tell him when he's adult the more he is growing, the more actually you expect from him as a child maybe you don't expect from him to help in the garden but when he grows, you expect from him to help in the garden in the same way, when we're children spiritually God give us commandment that's suitable for our spiritual level but when we grow into spiritual maturity God actually is giving us a higher command, a higher level of command. So the Lord doesn't want us to be like the tax collector, like the non-believers, because we received the grace, they did not receive grace. We are supposedly to be more spiritually mature than them. That's why he said, if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collector do so? And when the Lord told us, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Believe me, and this is from a personal experience, I'm sharing with you a personal experience. When actually somebody hurts you or speak bad about you, if you pray for him, instead of judging him, or instead of resisting the evil person, as the Lord said, if you pray for him, you will have peace. And also, with the peace, you can make right choices how to deal with this person. When we are angry, our choices are wrong. But when we are calm and peaceful, our choices will be right, because they will be according to the grace of God. So, pray for those who speak bad about you, who negatively attack you. And you will find the fruit of this prayer. You will have peace in your heart. The Holy Spirit will guide you how to deal with these people. Don't deal with them out of anger, out of revenge, or according to the standards of the world. No, we are Christian. we are sons of the Holy One, and we need to be similar to Him. Do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And I'm sure all of you know the story of one of the archons of the church, Malm Ibrahim Gohari. He was like a prime minister, and he was in the 18th century, so not from 4th century or just very, very close to our time. And he has a brother, Malim Gergis Gohari, and some unchristian people used to attack Malm Gergis and they curse him so he went to his brother and his brother actually he is like prime minister so he has power and authority so he asked him to avenge him from these people and he asked it actually literally to cut their tongues and Imam yes. Ibrahim promised to cut their tongue and what happened later that Ibn Ibrahim actually sent a huge container that has a lot of food a lot of clothes and sent it to these people and told them this is from Maalim Gergis so they did not expect that after cursing him that is how they, he responded to them by doing good to them so the following day instead of cursing him they actually thanked him and greeted him with respect so he was surprised and he went to ask Maalim okay. Ibrahim what he, did he do? and he told them I, you ask me to cut their tongue, I cut the tongue of evil, of cursing but How? By doing good to them And even in our contemporary time I'm sure all of you know this Sheikh who used to curse a Christian publicly and used to curse Christ and the Bible and then when he was sick and was treated in London Pope Shenouda sent one of the bishops and two priests to ask about his health and actually he could not understand this language, the language of love how when he is sick, we actually pray that God may heal him although he was cursing Christianity, cursing Christ, and cursing the Scripture and this was a turning point in the life of this person and when he returned back to Egypt, the first place he visited was the cathedral to thank Pope Shenouda for his love and for his forgiveness that's actually the power of the Christian commandment. This is the power of love. This is the power of forgiveness. It turns our enemies to friends. As the Lord told us, I will send you as lambs among wolves. And when actually, as lambs, we show love and forgiveness, the wolf will turn into a lamb. This happened with St. Paul himself, who was like a wolf, persecuting Christians, killing Christians. But when he saw St. Stephen praying for those who were stoning him, this wolf, his heart was pierced and he turned it into a lamb. So, while we are starting the journey of the Great Fast, the Church is teaching us how to grow into perfection, how to be children of our Heavenly Father. As he told us, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So, let us re-examine our relationships with others. How we deal with them? Do we deal with them with Christian love? Do we deal with them with forgiveness? Or we deal with them according to the standards of the world? May the Lord actually touch our heart and grant us His grace so we'll be able to grow into perfection as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.